We are back on Professional Wrestling, the podcast. I'm your heavyweight champion, the chosen lawyer, with Jean-Pierre L. Curry. We do real estate by day and we do wrestling by night. JP, welcome back as always. I'm so happy to be back. Let me see that beautiful belt. Would you look at that? You know, the Seth Rollins uh, belt is loosely based on this one. That's where they got the inspiration for that beautiful creation, my friend. We that are, is a great looking belt. We are dripping in gold and that is not <laughs> photoshopped. That is all chosen, baby. <laughs> all day. I had to bring out the belt today because as promised in a previous episode, uh, we're talking AW. You're our AW correspondent. I mean, you're our wrestling correspondent, but you really, really fine tune this AW thing. You were there from day one. And you know the ins and outs. So I got somebody that I've had my eye on for a little while now. And every week, I just see him getting better and better. He hinted at a recent episode that uh, it's time for him to become the first black heavyweight champion in AEW. And I'm shocked that has not happened yet, considering all the talent they have on the roster. And if Eddie's going to do it, it's going to be the one, the only Swerve Strickland. Absolutely. I think he, he's one of the top runners for that. He's uh, he, he is improving. I got to see him live a few times. He's fantastic live and he's, he has been doing really well on the mic, especially in recent episodes of uh, Dynamite. He's been really hot on the mic. I don't know if you uh, recently uh, attended uh, Hangman Adam Page's funeral because <laughs> Swerve just put him in the ground. Wow. Swerve just let him have it. And I've been thinking the same things for a long time about Hangman. And it was a beautiful thing. There's something about Swerve, the whole mystique. He walks in with the jacket, with his hands in his pockets. The music that blasts with Prince Nana and the mobile mm-hmm. embassy. He's got the big boys behind him, Big Bill and Brian Cage. And he's just so badass. I love it. And so I wanted to give him his tribute and his time because I think people really need to appreciate this. You know, there are people, they think, oh, Swerve just came out of nowhere and put this together. Swerve has devoted his life to wrestling. So some information as I did my research on this. So Swerve comes from an army uh, background. And he traveled around with his dad in the army. Swerve was originally enlisted into some sort of of, uh, military uh, uh, training. And at age 18, he started his wrestling training while still uh, training for the military. That's where he got the discipline. Swerve is now 32 years old. He's still very young, but wrestled in the NWA, MLW, Major League Wrestling, independent scene, Lucha Underground. He has been around. Born Stefan Strickland, became Shane Strickland, became Isaiah Swerve Scott in NXT and WWE. Mm-hmm. And he brought it all together because in AW, you get to be your own name. So he is Swerve Strickland. And I think it fits really well. You want to watch some comedy. So you know how in WWE, we have the jobber units, right? Absolutely. It, it does not get more jobber than Hit Row. We can agree on that. Absolutely. <laughs> Go back and watch some NXT and especially watch the introduction of Hit Row. Watch their matches in NXT. 
when their leader was not top dollar by the way his rapping is uh, something but it was isaiah swerve scott who was heading up the ashante the adonis bfab and during his time there he did win the nxt north american championship the, the title that dom now holds so he did hold gold originally over there so uh that was a start and then with the whole covid and firings and everything else i think wwe did him a huge favor because he got a good platform there he's got to be his own person not what they want him to be you know these made-up characters and i'm loving what he's doing and he's only rising rising from there I like the whole Prince Nana thing. I was going to mention a few other parts. Uh, I did not realize this. When he was originally with Keith Lee before they broke up, the tag team was called Swerve in Our Glory. That's right. Yep. What the heck is Swerve in Our Glory? Uh, well, there used to be the uh, old chants, you know, oh, bask in his glory for, um, for Keith Lee. And then you got Strickland Swerve. And that's how that <laughs> came about. It, it was pretty. It was pretty short lived. Um, I yeah, they got some uh, some pretty good matches in. They did pretty well, uh, but it kind of fizzled out. I think. I think because Keith Lee also had some health issues at that time, so they had to end that program. Keith Lee looks like he's about eighty right now, and <laughs> I can tell you this. He misses Swerve a lot more than Swerve misses him in that regard. You know who else? I agree. You know who else really misses Swerve? You remember uh, Brock Lesnar Jr., Parker Bordeaux, uh, <laughs> and, and Trench? Yeah, what? I remember them. So I don't understand where you have Swerve come out as this tough, tough guy. African-American with these white guys with tatted faces. He looks way tougher than those two. Why does he need them as bodyguards? It makes no sense whatsoever. It looks like he's yeah. like carpooling or something like, you know, like picking up his kids, friends. I never understood that mogul affiliates thing that fizzled out pretty quick as well. Yeah. But thank it, goodness. It started giving <laughs> him that edge. He needed like, you know, it was like when, uh, when triple H, had the uh, the guys in the uh, sweater vests, you know? <laughs> you need your kind of like your lackeys. Yeah, for sure. And but, now, yeah. yeah. Oh, I was just going to say, like, you know what? That that was pretty doomed. Like, those guys, they, you know, they were drier than burned toast. Like, they are very little personality, very, very little use. So it was, it was hard to to capitalize on the talent of Swerve when you're hanging around that type of crowd. Now you see who they have with them. Brian Cage, Big Bill. These guys can all go. They're great in the ring. I'm a huge fan of Brian Cage. Um, Big Bill's been wrestling for such a long time, Made you know, had a huge fall from the top, and then came all the way back. And you can't teach that. So they ended up uh, finally pairing them with Swerve and this this unit is actually clicking really well and can actually come off as a threat so uh, a lot of, a lot of uh, uh, appreciation for whoever has been handling that in the back because 
that is a good, good pairing. Do you remember when they had Edge and they had um, uh, the Brawling Brutes, uh, that segment for that last SmackDown? Yep. So you had Sheamus and Edge reminiscing. Do you remember how the rest of the Brawling Brutes were standing in their ring looking really awkward about it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what I think of Parker Bordeaux and Trent. They're just kind of there because to, not to fault them. I agree with you that they're like dry, but on the other hand, they didn't have much to work with. They didn't really give them any opportunities. Like they just kind of put them out there and like just hang around and look tough, you know, and can only do I what they you. can. They can only do what they can do at the end of the day. But they again, they miss Swerve a lot more than Swerve misses them. Prince Nana, did you know he was a real Ashanti prince in real life? I had I had no idea. No. It's true. And you know what? I love Prince Nana. I think it's awesome. I love how he dresses. <laughs> I love how he dances and sings to the yes. song. He's a typical heel wrestling manager. He's everything I hope to be and more with my boy Mason Rush. It's fantastic. It's just fantastic. Amazing, man. And I agree with you. He does so well. I, I enjoy the entrances and the exits from the ring. Because you see them all vibing to the tune, which is really cool. You don't get too much of that. So that's really great. And it's a great song. And you swerve. And, and the crowd pops. I, I always right? pop. I as love soon, it. Whose house, as soon as that hits, you hit get the whole audience. Whether you love them or not, everybody responds. So uh, good job, whoever came up with that. Can you see a day when Swerve does win gold? Even if he's a transitional champion... At some point or another, can you see, like, can you see, for example, who's going to pick up the triple B? Can you see mm. a, a case where you can say for a little while, you know what, MJF's gotten really soft, Swerve smells his opening, he brings in his group, Big Bill, Brian Cage, interfere, Swerve wins the belt, he's a new triple B champion. I can see it. Can you see it? I can't see it just yet. I think he's more in the range of the, um, uh, of uh, the, international uh, championship that they have. I think he's more in that in that category right now as it stands, but soon he'll be making his way up. I think that would be the next stepping stone right now. Uh, you mean the All-Atlantic Championship? It, it was the All-Atlantic. What's, what's it called yeah, today? That's why I'm starting to lose. What, what's, starting it called, to lose what's it called today? It. I think it's the it's, it's international. It's international. Yeah. From the international. Sorry, because they, they keep <laughs> flip-flopping on it. So the international uh, championship, I think that would be a really good perch for Swerve, especially because you can have guys like Cage and Big Bill out there while um, – uh, while uh, uh, right now Mox, he has his uh, his group of guys there too, right? So uh, Blackpool Combat Club can come out. You can actually create a really good program out of that and then have Swerve use that as a stepping stone to show that he is main event caliber. If there is any way to bring them into the Elimination Chamber, the BCC versus the Mogul Embassy, I'm all for that. And if we're going to say... Yeah. At, that his promo, Swerve's promo, going up against Adam Page, put him in the ground. A close number two, and I want to say it's number one, is that AR Fox one. When he dumped AR Fox, classic Swerve. Classic. Yeah. So good. And, you know, I, he's, he, I think AR Fox is still recovering from that. <laughs> hasn't really been, he hasn't been having too much success. A couple of names that go along with this, because you know how everybody's all intertwined, right? 
Yeah. You brought up Big Bill, who I love Big Bill as well. I think, you know, it's, I, I really wish that they pushed the tag team of Big Bill and Brian Cage. They should, they should hold gold. They should be the new Twin Towers. I love it. I think they work yep. really well together. What is the deal with Big Bill and Ricky Starks? I don't get it. Help me. Help me help myself. You know what? I, I don't I don't get that angle yet either. We're just gonna wait and see how that ends up coming out. Because right now, Ricky, I think he's he's firing on all cylinders, man. I think he he's yes. the guy who should be in that in that picture for uh, uh, Triple B. So really? I think I think so. He's 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 a heel. He's got the crowd behind him, even right. as a heel. He he worked an amazing match with uh, Brian Danielson. I think, um, you know, I think he's he's really earning his stripes there, man. And I think I think he's he's one of the top guys to go after that belt right now. But if Prince Nana is Brian Cage's manager and Big Bill's manager, then how does we go now to all of a sudden Ricky Starks managing Big Bill? How did that come mm-hmm. to play? Or is Prince Nana not his full time manager and they just kind of like? Uh, collude when necessary is that the case maybe maybe it's something along those lines or maybe big bill's working both ends right seeing whoever's gonna launch him to the top then i i, I got your solution for you then because you either gotta put ricky starks in the mogul embassy or put him with christian cage either way this is all good for him this is all very Always. good for him because i liked I like that whole Prince Nana, Kristen Cage uh, togetherness. And when they brought Swerve in and they kind of, yeah. you know, uh, assistance with the whole Nick Wayne and Darby Allen and AR Fox and how that came to be. I think it's classic. And the two people in the background who really hold it together is Christian Cage and Swerve. And I think they work really well together. So there's more to this. They might make it as a whole combining of the factions, perhaps. Imagine bringing Christian Cage and Luchasaurus in with Swerve and Brian Cage. Oh boy, like I, I'm going in overload here. Well, the good news is there's certainly enough belts to get, you know, some gold on some on that whole group in AEW. <laughs> so uh, you know what? That could be where it's headed. Definitely. Now, if we're gonna talk about gold, then because a person that you cannot bring up a gold, and you talked about the international championship. Let's see that mm-hmm. shirt you're wearing. I was there. I was there when he won the gold. You were there too. too. Absolutely. Right by the the entrance ramp. How amazing was it when they grabbed the backpack and threw it in the backpack? I loved it. I loved it, man, because it's something you've never seen before. Who comes out with their belt in the backpack? It's brilliant. Whatever. Whatever. Yeah. Whatever. (laughs) You know, and to think that he made it. All the way there without having a catchphrase. How great is that? <laughs> you can certainly see if you're gonna say that Tony Khan has his favorites. Oh, Orange yeah. Cassidy's right at the front of the bus. There's no question. He's the teacher's pet, and for good reason. Now, hundred percent earned. My opinion: this man goes to WWE. They are going to ruin him in about three seconds. Absolutely. I love what he's doing in AEW, but I'm confused. Help us, please. JP, what is now the future of Orange Cassidy? 
having dropped the belt, the international belt to John Moxley. Many saying this is actually a good thing of his career because he showed he can roll with the biggest of the boys because John Moxley is as bad as they get and mm-hmm. held his own. And if you're going to drop it to anybody, it was him. And now it gives him a chance to recalibrate. Do you agree with that? And what is the future of Orange Cassidy? Absolutely. You know, going 31 title defenses is no small task. I think he's defended it more than uh, Roman Reigns has done since his uh, title defense started, or sorry, his title reign started. So he's he's he was working hard. He turned that belt into a workhorse belt. He elevated that belt to a new level. Um, I think Mox is going to help keep it at that status, if not bring it up. Uh, a few more notches because that belt is relevant and it's due to the hard work of my man Orange Cassidy he you know what he I think he really needed time to recover I'm happy that he dropped the belt because he was looking a little rough moving a little slower uh, you know in, in his last few matches you could see especially against uh, Mox you could see the the how fatigued he was you know trying to kick flip stumbling on that and a few times and he he nails that every time right so he was definitely he, he's been going through a very intense schedule i'm happy to see him uh kind of wind back the schedule just a bit for now and i think he's going to come in red hot and the crowd's going to be hungry for it and he's definitely someone that i can see in that title picture can you see one day orange cassidy is our heavyweight champion i can see it you know He's moving merch. He's got fan support. He has the best pyro in the business, in my opinion. <laughs> and he's, uh, you know what? I think I think he can do it. He showed he's durable enough. He can run with them. There's two things I'm going to need out of him then. Number one, he has to get injured and then hit the weight room. Maybe take the Vince McMahon uh, diet plan. <laughs> You know, and come back looking Triple H-ish. I think that's yeah. number one. I need a little bit more of an intense and jacked Orange Cassidy. And number two, with his whole whatever and I don't care gimmick, I'm ready for heel Orange Cassidy. I'm just ready for it. I'm ready for him to kick best friends in the face. And I'm ready for him to get badass Orange Cassidy. I think that's going to be his next drive. Or are you seeing him as a face forever? I see him as a face. He's too lovable, man. <laughs> he looks like he looks like you just want to be best friends with the guy. He's just such a nice guy. He can go. I think I think it'll be nice to just have a good good feel good story of someone who's actually really cool, really nice, making it to the top without compromising their character. Because I don't think that's been done in a long time. And you could see, especially with uh, with Mox, you could see he started to get a lot more gritty. And at uh, all in with the broken glass on the fist, you wouldn't expect that from Orange Cassidy. You know, he's developing there, but I think he's still going to stay a face, but just a bit more gritty. And I, I like his look. I like his style. I think I think there's a lot more miles left on, on that one. You remember in a previous episode, you talked about Jack Perry and when he switched over, to heal Jack Perry and how at the beginning when he talked, it was a little cringy and then he really grew into the yeah. character. Now that they have orange Cassidy talking more, I find it a little cringy. 
I think he needs really? to find I find and he needs to get his footing a little better. But I think as he gets more comfortable doing these lengthy speeches and everything else, I think he'll improve. I see the I see the potential there. I love the guy, don't get me wrong. Yeah. But I'm used to him saying only a few words and just shrugging. I like that part more. It's like it's like Solo Sokoa. I don't want to hear him talk. When he talks, it doesn't work for me. I like him quiet <laughs> and let Paul let Paul Heyman, let your manager do the talking. You don't need to talk. Just look intimidating and show us your thumb. That's it. That's <laughs> well, Orange Cassidy would not be good with the Samoan spike. I'll tell you that as his finisher. <laughs> It'd be a but, Samoan uh... non-spike. <laughs> uh, but you know what? It would be it would be, uh, I think, really great for him to kind of come back. You know, I could see him coming back a bit bigger. He does look uh, actually a little more filled out than when he first came, I think. Um, I think he's working towards that. And you know what? I th- You know, hats off to the guy. He proved that he could be a great champion. Um, he's impressed a lot of the guys in the locker room. Um, legends like Chris Jericho, Brian Danielson, all... A lot of, you know, high, high, well-regarded people. So there's definitely a lot more than meets the eye with uh, Orange, and I think, I think he's gonna he's gonna take it up to the next level very, very soon, and it's gonna be a real treat. You know what? I can't say I dispute you, and I used to laugh at the guy until I watched him doing that championship live, and you can't have a full appreciation for Orange Cassidy until you watch him live, watch his moves. From his persona, from yeah. the second he walks in, I, I'm all for it. I I understand now, and I I totally get it. I gotta ask you a final question as we finish off today's episode, and we covered off some good ground today as far as mm-hmm. Orange Cassidy, Swerve Strickland, our boys, where they're headed in life. I gotta ask you when you turn on Dynamite every single Wednesday, right? You get all excited and you watch the intro music, and you see they change the graphics of who got fired yeah. this week, but otherwise. You know, I'm Excalibur, and it's time, you know, we're going to jump right into it. You know there's only going to be one or two people starting your screen, right? It's John Moxley or Orange Cassidy. Never fails. What's your reaction when it's a John Moxley match to start a Dynamite? You know what? It's picking up the pace. It's setting the tone for the show. Uh, when Mox opens, you know it's, he's going to bring that raw energy and that intensity, and it's up to the rest of the matches after to follow and keep that pace. So I don't mind. I like Mox. Um, he did win the championship without bleeding. So, you know, that's a refreshing change for you, right? You must have felt great in that moment, I bet. <laughs> finally, finally, a match he doesn't bleed. Yes, I was highly relieved. Highly. All right, so he's show. You see, he's showing growth. They're watching our podcast, and I think they're listening very closely to uh, the great, great insights that we're giving them. So, if that's I off w- to you, Jonathan. You helped that one. Uh, I gotta say this much: so if I was Renee Paquette and I watched him bleed and all this, I'd be thinking, <laughs> I think I can do better than this. But that's another story <laughs> for another day. I love when Wild Thing plays, and he walks the ring. Not as much as I love Final Countdown when Brian Danielson comes out. Oh. That's freaking awesome. But Wild Thing is cool. Magic. I do. The BCC grew on me. I like Casio. I like uh, Wheeler. It's all good. You know, I wish uh, Takashita was with them, but I get the whole Don Callis and they're doing great. Oh, I, perfect. They're doing perfect. 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 
hats off. When Orange Cassidy comes on and that music comes on, I just, I feel good. I smile. I feel happy. I feel like good things are going to happen now. Yep. I have no issues with starting off a night or ending a night with Orange Cassidy. With Moxley, I, I'm not going to say he's overrated. I get why he's there. I get, you know, it's the anti-WWE thing. I just feel like there's more out of it, but if it's not... He's slowly going to grow into the guy. He His job is going to be bringing, put more people over. I think that's where his, his point yeah. is life. And he's a, like Chris Jericho is at right now. He's heading towards Chris Absolutely. Jericho land. And that's not a bad place to be at all. He's still a credible oh, fighter. Right. He's still badass. I guarantee you, if we meet John Moxley in the back alley and we say the wrong thing to him, he's breaking our nose. I'm pretty sure of that. Oh, yeah. 100 percent he's he's not someone you want to get get into a match with uh, you know he he can take a huge beating as we've seen week in week out in uh, AEW especially um he he's still bringing it i think he's got probably like four or five more years left before he enters chris jericho land personally i think i think he can he can still go i think he can still go he's showing it he, his body is not in the same condition that it was uh, when he was working uh, for Vince McMahon and company. But uh, you know what? He's, he's gritty. He's tough. He's dependable. He's, he's their workhorse, like it or not. He's been grinding and going and going and relatively healthy uh, despite a couple injuries and almost five years now. I will guarantee you in four or five years, John Moxley is not wrestling anymore. Not because he can't, because he just doesn't want to be crippled. And I think he'll be around wrestling. I could see him being a mentor, evolving more to a manager or bodyguard type role. But I, I don't see it. I don't think he's going to put himself through that, his body through that. And I don't think Renee will let him. But time will tell. Time will tell. A preview for our following episode, because there's a lot of demand, JP. The fans are asking for it. So we're going to have to bring it. I've got the gold. So on the next episode, when you come back, we're going to talk about AEW. And if you talk about AEW and you talk about gold, it's got to be better than you, baby. So let's bring that up. And we're going to see you all back real soon on Professional Wrestling, the podcast.